With 80 plus episodes in the vault and more than $3 billion in total compensation increases received by the Secrets Village, KP and PR are still dropping jewels. Secrets continues to validate that you are not crazy with the challenges faced in trying to reach and exceed your career aspirations. A listener describes Secrets as helping to pinpoint areas I need to develop in conversations I never knew I needed to hear. And season five will definitely not disappoint as they continue to deliver secrets on how to advocate for yourself, how to become a better ally, and how to increase your market value by building generational wealth. Your hosts, Keith Powell and Ricky Robinson, have paid their dues to reach the top of corporate America, and they want to share their stories with you to transform your journey. And this groundbreaking podcast challenges you, as well as corporate America, to be better and do better. KP and PR will bring you more tips and tricks on how to advance your career. So fill up those cups and welcome to season five. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Secrets. Ricky, what's going on today, my brother? KP, well, look, man, it's a Hispanic Heritage Month once again, and we find ourselves celebrating the same successes and the same accomplishments that we spoke about last year mm. and the year before that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm a bit conflicted today, brother, because the history nerd in me likes to remind myself about the progress that we've enjoyed across all aspects of ethnic diversity and gender equity. But the sad reality is that we have not really made that much progress that I would uh, have hoped that we would have been at at this point in time as it relates to corporate America. Today. No, no, you're true. And, you know, you, you think about the last two years with George Floyd and COVID and everything else and how everybody's supposed to, like, buckle down and, mm -hmm. you know, get into it. Because we're serious now. And be about it. Yeah, because we're serious now, <laughs> right? Be because about it, right? that atrocity that we saw was bad. We're serious now. We're not going to do that no we're more. We're not going to do it no more. But, hey, that lack of progress... You know, and how it makes you feel. We were struggling a little bit to figure out what are we going to talk about for Hispanic Heritage Month. And because we really wanted to celebrate the progress. But unfortunately, we haven't seen this at kind of the mass levels, if you think about it. When disenfranchised groups of people are kind of getting the short end of the stick and being taken advantage of in a major, major way, you know, you see smoke. You mm -hmm. hear smoke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you right, and you you see leaders who are emerging and demanding change, and you see a movement starts to form and gain traction. But we ain't seen none of that at the end of the day. So I hear you when you're talking about because I think we're just kind of both perplexed mm -hmm. about why we seem to be stuck searching for progress with respect to Hispanics and leadership representation in corporate America. And let's just throw in like maybe another wrinkle to the current climate. From just like a U.S. you know point of view, at least, as you start factoring in the sensitivity to speaking about the atrocities, the oppression, and the other injustices that marginalized people have faced around the world, you mm -hmm. know, around the world. I mean, we talked about the U.K. and some of these other uh, places. How much longer will it be until that history is actually erased? and told differently to our children. It's already happening. It's <laughs> already know, happening. Right? I mean, at the expense of white guilt and colonizing activity, the truth about history is already being criminalized by erasing it from the history books and future teachings, right? I.e., critical race theory. Oh, goodness. We go on there. <laughs> it's like, but, like, but, but honestly, it it's makes crazy. you like really think that if we're really not seeing the progress now 
as it relates to Hispanic movement in corporate America. And we talk about all the stuff that happened, you know, up until this point. It's, it, if the movement keeps happening the way that it is, the lack thereof, what's there going to be to what, talk there's, about? There's not going to be anything to talk about. And that kind of takes us into today's conversation and things that we're going to talk about today. You know, we're going to bring you a bit of a remix to a previous discussion that we did in season one, two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago, mm-hmm. season one, episode 10 people when we spoke about the challenges that Hispanics face in the workplace. You know, and look, in this episode, we'll revisit the dilemmas faced by Hispanic employees in the workplace, particularly uh, challenges faced by Hispanics in reaching senior level positions. We'll also provide you with the receipts on the unique challenges faced by Hispanic employees. And then we'll close out providing a double dose of three secrets, you know, as we normally do uh, for Hispanic employees as they continue their climb up the corporate ladder. And then three secrets for corporations on how to make their workplaces more inclusive for Hispanic employees. And if y'all remember, in episode 10, two years ago, we had an interview with Andre Abelayez mm-hmm. as part of our uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. And we pointed out during that time as part of our receipts that Hispanics are the largest minority group in the U.S. at this point at 18.3%. And they make up 17% of the labor force. Yet, As the Hispanic Association for Corporate Responsibility points out, Hispanics only hold 4% of executive positions in corporate America. And additionally, only 8% of managerial positions and 6% of professional positions are held by Hispanics. And I don't know if anything has changed in the last two years (laughs) since we last spoke. Ricky, I'm just wondering, in your mind, how much has changed in the post-George Floyd era where companies made all these commitments to doing better I mean, we're going to share some updated receipts later in the show mm-hmm. to, to say exactly where we are, but I just want to hear your opinion about where you think we're really at right now. And it's crazy when you think about 18%, 18% of the total population. Yeah, because we less than 300, 300, and 300 plus million people in the yeah, U.S. right yeah, now. Yeah, right? absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, I kind of compare it with the experience of, you know, other BIPOC employees, right? Like you talk about being able to see what you want to be and being able to have mentors and uh, to be able to walk you through uh, how to get to the next level, sponsors to be able to advocate for you when they're in the rooms. Well, we're looking at the percentage here. This is a lot of pressure on the few executives that are in the uh, in the room. Absolutely. <laughs> there was a lot of promises made right. you know, oh, yeah. after Absolutely. the summer of 2020 about how we were going to do better, mm-hmm. be better and do better. Yep. I ain't seen it. <laughs> have you seen it? No, I have not, you know, seen it. Again, this is, and you know, we talk about this in previous episodes. We're at the point now where we're getting diversity fatigue. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're oh, like, because yeah. we're ready to move on. This is why we're talking about education in the school books and everything else. We're talking about diversity fatigue. But you know, look, Keith, I mean, not only are we talking about experiences that BIPOC employees, you know, have and how this is a bit of a comparison. I mean, what about the impact of COVID? Yeah, the same thing. I mean, you're you're just talking about people wanting to move on and get over it. It's the same thing with the COVID. I mean, just like Black people and other marginalized communities, Hispanics suffered greatly during COVID. Mm Because you think about where Hispanic employees work, construction, hospitality, Mm -hmm. food service, agriculture. Think about what happened during COVID. And you think about just like Black folk, Latina women are the heads of households and over half of the households. Mm-hmm. So COVID was huge 
And then you have this big promise was made that things are going to get better from corporate America. I don't think they did. No, not at all. And look, Keith, we also shared this receipt in episode 10, Mm -hmm. you know, that we used, that we probably need to use as a point of a dive in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Um, According to a recent you know, new study published by the Center for Talent Innovation, Latinos at Work, Unleashing the Power of Culture. Most Latinos in the U.S. do not feel they can bring their whole selves to the office. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. There's a whole bunch of melanated folks feel the same way. Yes. We found that the vast majority of Latinos, which is 76%, repress parts of their personas at work. They modify their appearance, body language, and communication style. All components of executive presence, okay? That intangible element that defines leadership material. Furthermore, 63% of Latinos surveyed do not feel welcomed and included, do not feel invited to share their ideas, and or do not feel confident their ideas are heard and valued in the workplace. Mm. Talk to me, brother. Exactly. So they can't show up. Yeah. They can't show up. And they don't feel comfortable showing up because there's something always being pinned on them. And it kind of reminds me of what's going on in the news today. Yeah. Right? You think about what's happening at the border where you got, you know, governors grandstanding Mm -hmm. and labeling people as illegals and all of this stuff and putting people on planes and sending them to other places. Like, you're giving no humanity to this community and what they can actually bring to the table. And I was just reading an article that said, in the last decade, 80% of all new businesses were created by Hispanic and Latina workers, people. So labeling these folks as illegal and that they're coming to take our jobs away and all this other stuff, just has a huge impact, and it goes back to your whole thoughts about critical race theory. They're already erasing history, already erasing what these folks are going to bring to the table because they're scared. Mm -hmm. What is this? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, another factor, you know, to that is just like the assimilation, you know, things. Like, you know, look, we talked about colorism challenges. We talked about this amongst black people. We've talked about this amongst Asian, we've talked about this amongst Latino people, you know, also. And the colorism challenges with uh, Hispanic employees is real. Yeah. It's absolutely real. So we're talking about not being able to bring your complete or full self to work. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, in, in all of this, all of this, all of this is touching or surrounding the fragility yes. of the majority in business. We're not talking about the majority, like the population. No, it's We're true. talking about the leaders and majority, white people. Right. right? And, mm-hmm. and again, we're trying to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we leave a part of who we are, our DNA behind. Yes. So that we can fit in. Absolutely. Right? And part of that's passed on to the Hispanic community because then in order to assimilate or in order to feel comfortable, they have to hide parts of themselves. And especially, you know, Hispanics who can actually pass. Yes. If you will. Uh-huh. That's an extra pressure. And I mean, we've had examples I know we've had examples of people that we've talked to or just meeting for the first time and not knowing that they're of Hispanic or Latinx descent, thinking that they were white, and then you have a deeper conversation with them and you realize, 
oh shit yeah <laughs> you know yeah, absolutely they're, they're actually hispanic but you have all of these assumptions built up but i can see how that can be challenging in terms of having to suppress some of your identity in order to pass to try and get ahead yeah this is the whole code switching dilemma yeah this, this is it <laughs> That's you right. know right here and again it's making those feel comfortable so that you can be included or invited into the room so that you can be supported or sponsored when it comes to talent discussions and succession planning. It's a real issue, you know, there. But we talk about the receipt that we used two years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> you know, two years ago about the comfort, you know, and being able to unleash like that power of culture. And the majority of people, 70 some percent said that they weren't comfortable doing it. They weren't comfortable doing it. And I see it. Mm -hmm. I see it every day. And also in episode 10, we also pointed out three secrets that Hispanic employees can employ to kind of get ahead in corporate America that we wanted to dissect a little bit. Those three secrets at that time were, one, take advantage of your collective power. Two, partner with other underrepresented groups. And three, seek out leadership roles. And it's it's interesting, you know, as you and I were preparing for this episode, we were trying to compare kind of what's been going on in the black community, kind of what's been going on in the Hispanic and Asian communities. And, you know, we have Black Lives Matter. We have black voices that are out there kind of mm -hmm. like spitting fire and right. agitating a little bit. But we couldn't point to the same Thing in other communities, and I just want to get your perspective. On, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things when you say to yourself, like, who's actually raising hell for the Hispanic, you know, community? Who's doing it? And we're not saying at all that there aren't people at your job in your community, but if we're talking about everybody getting on code, if we're talking about this national or this huge movement, what is it? Like that's where the struggle. That's yes. where the that's where the struggle comes into play. So when you think about who's raising hell, so I mean, I always think about when somebody's being disenfranchised, when there's a wrong happening out there, there's someone, something that you can grasp on onto, regardless of where you live, and everyone's gonna, you know, gravitate towards that, yeah. that movement. Yeah, they are. You know, and, and this is where we struggle is I don't know the household name. It's just not out there. Uh -huh. So there's not something to kind of like consolidate around mm -hmm. and build solidarity with right? Uh, in terms of moving the needle forward because everything we just shared, we all struggling through the same thing. Right. But right. we don't have that collective solidarity to like move things forward because mm -hmm. we're almost a majority minority country at this point. Yeah, And the true. fact that we still can't move the needle says that there's some shit that, that we need to think about and, and get on code, as you were saying, mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. And I think some of that just comes down to like advocating for yourself at the end of the day. And it's really, you know, stepping up, stepping out and really taking hold of kind of speaking your truth. But you know, <laughs> when you step up, when you advocate for yourself, somebody ain't going to like it, Keith. No, they're not going to like it. <laughs> somebody, when, when, you like say, it. Have, when you say, I should have, when you say, I should have... I've done just as much, I am ready, I should have, I want. Like, when you do those things, when you start wanting to sing your solo, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, it's going to make other people mad. Yes. And I think that when we talk about not necessarily having that hell raiser that we can point to, when we, you know, that, that role model in corporate America or whatever it is, when you don't have that, it does make 
advocating for yourself a little bit more difficult because nobody else is doing it. No, truly, truly, because you, you have to be the first one. You have to be the first one out there. And I know it's it's kind of a cultural thing, also. I mean, I've talked to some of my Hispanic friends. I've talked to some of my Asian friends. It's just not culturally in the DNA mm-hmm. to like really speak out in a strong way. It's really all about, it's all been about assimilating and not causing trouble. And we have some of that in the black community too, as well as, you know, keep that good job, keep your head down, all those things, right? Yeah, because that's the stuff we talk about. We talk about like the interview advice our parents gave us, you know what I'm saying? Like going in and tell them you come in early, you stay late, you a team player and you catch on fast, that's right? right. Like, that's right. And I can recall, and I know you had this conversation too, when we talked to our parents or some of our you know, older relatives and we said, hey, we're getting ready to switch jobs. You always switching jobs. Even though you might have put 10 years in at the company, you always switching jobs. Why are you looking to leave? You know, just go ahead and get that pension or go ahead and get your retirement and go on, get up out of, you know, just stay up in there and then retire. Like that's it. So again, we're talking about being able to advocate for yourself is not necessarily in your DNA, you know, sometimes. So mm-hmm. this is new muscle that you have to build, mm-hmm. you know, here, but it's not always comfortable. It's not comfortable. And it's also not good for you to just to be satisfied. But conditioned, conditioned. that's what we've grown to be, is to be satisfied. To be satisfied. And to feel guilty when you do ask for what you're supposed to have. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Keith, you just being impatient. I mean, that's come right. on, man. It took me it 10 took- years to get to where you are like, they're hazing you. They're hazing you. This is what it is. And especially if you black or brown, you know, like they gonna really haze you, yes. you know, at that point. So look, Keith, I mean, I think the the impact, you know, of this is like super severe to me. Like the value that we place on Hispanic progress in corporate America is almost invisible. Yeah, okay. With no growing social movements that we can align on for mobility. No, you're totally right. We just, it's kind of just waving. And that's part of the system, too, Mm -hmm. is to keep us separated. So, because if we come together, that power behind coming together, it'll be unstoppable. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, you think about the moral to the story of all of this, you know, just similar to the definition of insanity, Uh right, where we want different results, but we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting (laughs) something different. Right, right. Again, there could be no progress if we don't collectively choose to take different measures or steps to blow this thing up. Yeah, no, absolutely true, man. I mean, I think it sounds easy, okay, Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it is easy for us to all get on the same page. Yes. Okay? It is easy for us to all advocate for ourselves if we're all doing it. But if we're pariahing someone out and pushing them out there by themselves, it's going to continue to be, you know, difficult. Oh, for sure. But you know, look, Keith, I know people think we've been making shit up. Oh, Like, I mean, I really, you you know, they like, (laughs) man, they get on this soapbox. Keith done put something in Ricky drink. Ricky that made Keith drink. They I didn't roof it you. Did yeah, exactly. Well, I did turn my hair for a couple minutes. I don't know what happened over here. But, I mean, this is the part where we kind of go into the receipts, right? This is the you're not crazy moment, mm-hmm. you know, here, right? And today we're going to share, you know, some receipts just to be able to further highlight some of the disparities, you know, with the Hispanic community as it relates to corporate America. Yeah, and that's this first receipt. According to the Hispanic Association of Corporate Responsibility, Hispanic individuals accounted for only 4% of large U.S. companies' most senior executives in 2021, which is essentially flat with numbers reported in 2020 and 2019. 
So, and according to an Ascend Foundation survey, Black executives stayed flat at 3%, and Asian Americans stayed flat at 6%. So much for moving the needle. <laughs> right. Post-George Floyd. Uh-huh. Hey, shit changed in three years. It's still the same. And Latino leaders represent only 2.3% of board members of companies on the Russell 3000 Index, according to the Latino uh, Corporate Directors Association. However, it did note that number actually grew fourfold over the last year. 2.3% and it grew fourfold wow. over wow. the last year. <laughs> and according to the U.S. Census Bureau, Hispanics currently make up 19% of the U.S. population, and it will be at least 29% by 2060. So we can't put our heads in the sand and just hope that this problem goes away because the tide is turning. The tide is turning. I think that's also what's creating all of this fear in the system around you know, immigration and migrants and all this and other education stuff. And, and education else. and education and CRT and all that stuff because it's just, we can't stop the movement. We're talking by 2060. That really isn't a lot of it's time. It's not a lot of time. Okay, so when we're talking about 2060, that means it's a lot of shit that needs to happen between now and then. Yes. And the first thing is really being able to start kind of understanding where we are and where what we have not done versus... The commitments. Oh, for sure. You know, that we were, for that sure. were made. Right? And what you're seeing now is like people can see that 2060 is coming and they're trying to just slow the shit down mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. make it like 2160 before the change. I happens. mean, i.e., the justices, yes. i.e., you know, all of these all things. All the things. All of these things. Look, receipt number two Hispanic workers also uh, face particular uh, challenges. Chief among them is that a substantial number of non Latino Americans falsely believe many Hispanics are undocumented and pigeonhole them into low-level positions. I mean, if that ain't a stereotype. That is a total stereotype. (laughs) That's what we've been talking about. Yeah. In fact, non-Hispanics believe one-third of Latinos in the U.S. are undocumented. One-third. One-third. Okay. Like we're saying non-Hispanic people, which is crazy, though though that number is only actually – 13%, 13%, according to a survey commissioned by several organizations, including the Latino Donor Collaborative. Around 50% of Asian, white, and black respondents said they believe undocumented immigrants are taking jobs away from U.S. citizens. <laughs> Meanwhile, 48% of non-Latinos said they believe Hispanics are employed primarily as farm workers or laborers. And all of this leads to the bias and discrimination against Hispanic employees. We're this talking about discrimination from other BIPOC individuals. <laughs> yeah. We in the mix. Yeah, exactly. Black, white, and Asian. So, we all have been conditioned to believe this. Yeah. Again, lack of education. This is lack of mobility. Like, this is us not getting aligned. Because... If everybody was reading what we're reading, there's no way you could think this. There's no way you could think this. And it also points to the lack of opportunities within corporate America to, like, fix this also. Yeah, absolutely. they're being pigeonholed into these roles into those that roles. continue to perpetuate the stereotype, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. It's crazy. Receipt number three, an IBM Institute for Business Value survey of 1,000 Hispanic leaders found that 63% said that they continue to work harder because of their race and feel like they need to because of their race, while 87% say that they've experienced racially-based prejudice. 
and Hispanic individuals who speak English with an accent say that they've had their intelligence and capability questioned. So here we go. It's like, I don't even know what else to say. Keith over here burning. Keith over here burning. I see him over here boiling, man. Oh, Woo. Lord. If this was one of them cartoons, the top of your head would be coming That's off right, right now. <laughs> <and> the smoke, <laughs> yeah, smoke would be happening. I mean, it's just because someone has an accent or speaks differently, we attach that to intelligence. That's right. And it's like the opposite of what we experience as black people. When we speak proper English, then we're articulate and yeah. you know, all that You speak shit. so well. You speak oh so well. Oh, God. Man. Look, receipt number four. We got, we got two more receipts for y'all, okay? And, and this is... Five receipts out of a whole bunch of we could have used, right? Receipt number four, according to a recent LinkedIn survey, 60% of Latino professionals aged 18 to 34 feel they have been overlooked or intentionally passed by for career advancement opportunities, you know, i.e. promotions and pay raises because of their race and nearly one in two, which is 44%, uh, Latino professionals have faced blatant discrimination and/or microaggressions at work. Further, 73% of Latinos ages 18 to 34 believe that a person's skin tone impacts their career progression, and 65% of Latinos with darker skin complexions feel they have been overlooked for career advancement. These factors have led to High attrition rates of Latino employees in the workplace, with 37% currently thinking about leaving their current job due to lack of recognition and acknowledgement of their work, which is close to about 54%, and uh, lack of growth or advancement opportunities, which is uh, around 44%, and lack of leadership who look like them and share similar experiences, which is 31%. So again, we're talking about the great you know, resignation. We're talking about high turnover. We're talking about retention. These are the facts. I can't make the stuff up. These are the facts. You can't make it you know, up. Yeah. And you can see how that colorism part plays into this, yeah. right? It's like darker skin Latinos feel like that's a huge factor in whether or not they're going to get an investment opportunity or not. I mean, you, you look at the dolls that are made for our children to play with. You look at the commercials that come on right now. You look at... You know, who's considered attractive when it comes to music videos and everything else. And now you look at who's getting promoted and who's seen as more intelligent or more marketable at work. I'm not making it up. Not making it up. <laughs> you tell me what you see. Look around. Look <laughs> exactly. Around. Stay woke, as some people like to say. <laughs> <laughs> and our final receipt, all of this leads us to the coin. We dollar, dollar, about dollar, the dollar bill. We ain't talking about the pocketbook yet, but we get ready to. And according to Equal Pay Today, women on average are paid 82 cents for every dollar paid to men, with Hispanic and Latinx women facing the biggest pay disparity of all racial groups, making just 57 cents on average for every dollar paid to white men. 57 cents. And according to McKinsey and Company, the wage gap for Latinos in the United States is $288 billion. You heard that right. <laughs> like a B. A B. <laughs> That's right. Ricky over here gagging. <laughs> Lower income, less wealth, and reduced access to goods and services translate into $660 billion not being incorporated into the economy, according to McKinsey. 
And these disparities also mean that Latino-owned businesses cannot generate what McKinsey estimates could be $2 trillion more in annual revenue and up to 6.6 million new jobs. And barriers to wealth generation, and we talk about this all the time, generational wealth. Barriers to wealth generation also results in a $380 billion gap between Latinos and non-Hispanic whites when it comes to inheriting money, thus perpetuating all these disparities that we've been talking about. I mean, this is one of those receipts where you may have to stop and rewind this shit. Right. Because, like, we're not making this up. That's right. I just talked in billions and trillions. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Billions and trillions. Where I come from, that's a lot of money. Where I come from. (laughs) Where I come from. I I don't even think we can dream about that much money. I don't even know what that means. This is ridiculous when we think about the disparity, you know, here with the respect to money. Yes. But even more egregious, you know, here is the lack thereof. and, And there is no semblance of balance in the view at all but this is the shit we don't want you to talk about this okay this is right here, yeah. we don't want to talk yeah, about this, all this the is time the shit we don't want you to talk about but look i mean look keith we've spent some time talking about our experience as it relates to you know some of our brothers and sisters in the hispanic community and the lack of progress that we've seen in corporate america they are stuck okay and they're stuck and look we're talking about it okay because mm-hmm. again if we don't talk about it and we don't try to incentivize people to change, you know, when will it happen? No, it's true. And if they stuck, we stuck. Exactly, exactly. So let's kind of navigate into the secrets here, right? And this Mm -hmm. is where we give you the tools to be able to change the game, to be able to change the system. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to provide a double dose of secrets, you know, to you. So we'll provide three secrets for Hispanic employees as they continue to climb up the corporate ladder. And then we'll provide three secrets for corporations on how to make their workplaces more inclusive for Hispanic employees. So the first three uh, secrets for Hispanic employees that they can uh, use to continue climbing the career ladder are number one, self-advocacy. Number two, know your value. And number three, strategize and execute. So Keith, secret number one, self-advocacy. Yeah, those are great ones today. So that's self-advocacy piece. And we talked about this earlier. Really, you're going to have to put it on a line and start to step up for yourself and ask for what you want, ask for what you deserve, and put it out there. If you're not doing it, nobody's going to do it for you. The proof is already in the receipts. Ain't nothing changed despite all the promises that have been made. Nothing has changed in the last two and a half years. And and if we want to go back further than that, look, I mean, I know nothing has changed in 30 years. Yeah. And I know we keep using old recordings that we've had. But honestly, this is the essential part of closed mouths do not get fed. Yes, (laughs) that's right. I didn't know you was hungry. I didn't know you was hungry. That's right. <laughs> you know That's right. I thought you ate already. That's right. You look pretty healthy to me. You seem exactly. to be doing all right. Self-advocacy. Look, secret number two, know your value. We talk about this all the time. And I can't stress this enough. When you finally realize what your market value is. You're going to be mad. It's going to piss you off. Well, you know how you get so mad you cry? You want to cry? Like... That's exactly what it'll do. So we're talking about if you don't advocate for yourself and you don't, you know, try to figure out what your market value is, like know your value, you're adding to the problem. 
That's right. But this is the system. This is where it's designed, and this is what they want. They want you not to advocate for yourself. They want you not to know your value. They want to keep you dumb. Yes, that's right. Fat, dumb, and happy. <laughs> exactly. That's a quote unquote good yeah. job. Yeah. A uh-huh. good opportunity. Don't call in sick now. No, that's don't right. That. That's we're gonna, we're gonna give you, and we're gonna give you an award if you don't call in sick. That's if right. If you don't use your vacation time. That's right. That's right. Who, won't, who wants that? <laughs> You know, again, know your value. The okie doke. A lot of people fall for it. And the third secret that Hispanic employees can use to continue to climb up the corporate ladder is really to strategize and execute. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this a lot, too. You have got to have a plan. And again, this comes down to your employee development plan. It comes down to your performance reviews. All those things come into place where you have to build a strategy. You have to build a strategy, have conversations about it bring people into those conversations, and then execute the hell out of it so that you can hold people accountable for you moving and doing the things that you want to do, they say you want to do. Hey, uh, Mr. Boss, Miss Boss, last time we spoke, we talked about X. <laughs> you yep. know, I'm trying to see how are we tracking towards the progress, hmm. you know, against that. Hey, I, did you know I was also on this this assignment right here? Or, hey, this is how I'm doing We'll ask you to go and talk to other people, you know, and make sure that they know what you're doing. So the other, this is advocating for yourself. Yes. Okay. This is, this is what this is. We're talking about getting your LinkedIn profile together, talking to executive recruiters and figuring out what does another job pay to do the same damn thing I'm doing right here. (laughs) Okay. This is knowing your value. Exactly. Or what does it take just to go one level up? This is it, you know, right here. So again, this is all part of the strategy that you have to create and you have to be maniacal at executing against that. I get it. It's uncomfortable when you go to your boss and you're talking to him about the same shit that you talked to him about the last time. That's right. Okay? It gets uncomfortable for them because now they're going to have to do something about it. Yes. (laughs) And if you don't, at least you have a data point that, hey, it may be time to go do something else. Yep. Or they're going to tell you I can't do nothing for you, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, or they're going to say, hey, you know, I see you being able to get there, but it's going to probably take another two to three years. And you say, okay. But now you got your data point, like you just said before, and you can figure out, does that time frame work for work me? Work for me. That's right. Point blank. Point blank. You know, does it work for you? So look, Keith, you know, we're talking about the, or, like, we're talking about the individual's responsibility, but I think it's time for us to just switch into what the corporation's responsibility is. Yeah, and we have here. three secrets for on for corporations on how they can make their workplaces more inclusive for Hispanic employees. And the three secrets that we have for corporations are, is be intentional about moving from mentorship to sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Secondly, stop taking advantage of cultural silence. Yeah. And lastly, be accountable with respect to aspirational goals. And so that first one, having intentionality around mentorship to sponsorship. I don't know. We've probably said this a thousand times that sponsorship is the key to moving into the C-suite. It absolutely is. To moving into the executive ranks. And so corporations have to be intentional about how they think about Hispanic employees and how they're going to move them through the system and provide those role models and sponsorship to get them to the next level. Because that's the only way it's going to happen. Mentoring only does so much. And we provided the receipt for you, less than 4%. So, Keith, we, we're sitting here today, two years later, talking about the same shit we talked about. Same stuff. The same stats. Same stats. So, in order for us to move to the next level, this we can't just talk about you having lunch 
with somebody that doesn't look like you or you being able to give somebody some good advice. We're talking about you putting your credibility on the line and putting that person on a succession plan, hiring an individual. We're talking about you moving from mentorship to sponsorship, putting your money where your mouth is. Yes. Look, I think the uh, second secret, you know, here for us is just stop taking advantage of the cultural silence. I mean, this Ooh. is this is something that that really irks me when you think about. I think our sister Kana, you know, was talking about this yeah. in her episode last season. Actually, yep. we was talking about you know people saw her as being silent, mm-hmm. you know, and not We're really quiet. advocating no, for herself. And mm-hmm. now that ain't the Kana that we know. Okay, <laughs> like not at all. But. The point in that whole story for me is as a leader, and we hear this all the time with our coaching clients, I wasn't vocal about what I wanted to do. I wanted to let my performance speak for itself. Mm -hmm. But what we know based off of the statistics, based off of the receipts, we know that the majority is not going to promote you because you're doing good work. You're going to have to toot your own horn and you're going to have to provide leaders with the ability to toot your horn for them. Yes. <laughs> you yes. know what I'm saying? Like, right. They're going to have to That's be able right. to do that. Because again, silence. This is the closed mouths don't get fed piece again mm-hmm. here. Silence is only leading to the lack of movement. You know, there. so we're telling you in corporate America, stop taking advantage of people's cultural silence, whether that be Asians are usually quiet or Hispanics don't want to upset their apple cart or even black people, the same thing. Like, same thing. can, can mm-hmm. we just stop taking advantage of the cultural silence and do what you're supposed to do? Again, this is the that conundrum what we always That's talk right. about doing the the, the, the right, right thing. thing. Yeah, doing the white thing versus doing the right thing. That's right. You know, get out of that and, and actually challenge that status quo. Yeah, no doubt. And our last secret is taking accountability with respect to aspirational goals. Mm-hmm. Again, be curious at the end of the day. Be curious about your BIPOC employees, your Hispanic and Latinx employees. Understand what they want to do. And then be accountable for it. Step up. Do Again, do the right thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This isn't stop taking advantage of, of all the stereotypes and all the ingrained biases that are in the system and really help people move forward. I mean, I think it's like we get up in all hands meetings, we get up in board meetings and, and we hear leaders say, we're really going to do a better job. Like we're going to go to pro-Hispanica. We're going to go to uh, La Raza Yeah, we're going to go to all of these things, and we talk about what we're going to do, but there's no accountability as to how many people are we going to hire? How many people are are we going to force to be on the succession plans? How many people are we going to have on our sponsorship list like we that that is the accountability that we're talking about you know there with respect to aspirational goals and if you say we're going to hire x amount of hispanic you know women into leadership roles by this time frame Mm -hmm. or we're going to do that you know in terms of hispanics in general do it you know and then when it doesn't happen we raise in hell this is the hell raising that we're talking about here we're going to professionally and etiquettely slay. We're going to turn some shit out. That's, that's basically right. what we said. We're no, going to do true. it in a nice way. And it's true. But that's the accountability we're talking about. That's what we're asking people to be as an individual, to be a leader. We're asking you all to understand the secrets movement here is about getting everybody on the same page. This is about us being on code. Mm-hmm. And again, you look at the demographics. This is not hard. 19% of the population, you know, black people are 13, you know, Asian people are 12%. Look around. Yeah. If you don't see that in the room, <laughs> do 
something about it. We're talking if just those three groups got together, we're talking 50%. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're talking about getting together and really trying to make a difference, mm -hmm. you know, there. Like, that's really what we're talking about. So, look, Keith, man, this has been a bit of a, a tough, you know, subject for me to speak about, you know, uh, this week because, you know, my tolerance level is low for BS, okay? Mm -hmm. Non-movement, you know, all of those things here, right? And I'm hoping that this conversation inspires you know, movement. Mm -hmm. What I don't want to do is be in this same position next year, talk about the same, same shit. stuff. <laughs> you know? So look, I just want to make sure that our listeners, if this motivates you, you can find more of these resources on the secrets and the receipts that we shared today. Because again, we we dropped some on you today. Yeah, and I yeah, know you're going to yeah. want to listen Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. There's a lot of data today. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But we shared this stuff with you. And you can go to our website, secrets.com, and looking in the show notes for this particular episode to find the same receipts and mm -hmm. secrets that we shared. And PR, you know, I know we do this every week, but we really want to give a special appreciation to our listeners and fans out there. We recently won the Listener's Love Award from the Black Podcasters Association, and it's all because of you. Hey, look, we already know. We saw we saw people from the village, from the community of practice, sending out shit. Hey, y'all vote. Y'all vo showed up we, and showed out. We, we know a few of y'all <laughs> voted more than once. That's, you know okay. what I'm saying? We appreciate it's, it. It's okay. Y'all showed up and showed out, and we appreciate you because this award... You know, tells the story. I mean, yeah. this is the people's choice. Absolutely. At the end of the day. So we appreciate you. So you listen, you engage, you bring others to their village, and you make this all possible. And again, we appreciate that. And also, be sure to write a review on Apple or Spotify. Follow us on LinkedIn. And continue to comment on and share our social media posts. All of this helps us to continue to build the village. And again, we're trying to, like, push for change. That's what yeah. the village is all about, supporting each other and pushing for change. So all of these things help. And look, KP and I are locked in on helping you get that coin, getting that dollar dollar bill and getting your seat at the table. Right. Yes. And we are sliding up on that scale about five million dollars in total compensation increases that we've helped people achieve by working with us. And again, when we say mm -hmm. the five million, that's just a number. But what we're really talking about is the level of influence. That's right. That these individuals have now. Right. Because. When you join our secrets community of practice, when you're in the secrets village, that means you're sitting at the table. Yes. That means you're advocating for yourself. That means you're telling the other people how to advocate for themselves. So, again, this is extremely important to us, and this is a passion point for us. So check us out when it comes to the coaching services or providing trainings to your organization. Also check out... That gear. Keith over here sporting his secrets hat right now. Mm -hmm. Look, my nephew stole mine the other day. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It makes a great gift if you're looking for a holiday present. We're going to have some new swag getting That's created right. for y'all, too. So, again, sign up and get some of that coaching, get some of that gear, too. Absolutely. And as we wrap up Hispanic Heritage Month, we want to give a shout out to our Hispanic brothers and sisters out there. We are all in the struggle together. We are with you. And since our cups are a little bare over here, here. No more ice. No more ice. No more nothing. There's little droplets hanging off the edge of the cup. <laughs> you know, we're going to fill them back up and give a toast to all you all for all that you're contributing to corporate America. And thanks for listening to Secrets Today. And remember, when we share, you transform.
Peace. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed yet another episode of Secrets. In fact, one listener said that with Secrets, I learn new, actionable information listening to KP and PR. I enjoy the balance of data with the testimony of real experience, and we hope you agree. If you are motivated and excited after listening to Keith and Ricky, please show these brothers some love. Subscribe and write a review on our podcast. And last, but certainly not least, elevate your professional game by signing up for our executive coaching services. Check us out at www.secrets.com to get more information about our secret services. Remember, when we share, you transform. Until next time, cheers.